Racing Nation with James O'Shea. A big week in Flemington comes to a close this Saturday, the final day of the carnival and what a carnival it has been. Let's see if we can help you find a few winners on the final day with thanks to Hogan's family jewellers joining me now from the puntingbaron.com.au. He is the punting baron, Shane Matthews. How are you? Very good, James. How are you, mate? Yes, not too bad. Firstly, and uh, well, going back in time, the cup, very elegant. What's your summation? What did you make of the big one? Uh, outstanding, somewhat surprising. I can't say I saw it coming, particularly with the track conditions. Uh, you know, being a relatively firm track on Tuesday meant that I probably had her tenders running well, but probably not winning. Uh, at the 600, I was starting to regret that position pretty quickly because she trucked mm. into the race. And I have oh. to admit, I have to admit, even though I lost on the race, I, I certainly had a very good feeling still after the race, just from a purist point of view and, you know, a love of the sport. She's been such a great mare. And she uh, she always, and I, and I, I know there's been that debate about whether she's been a champion or not, but, I mean, to win a Melbourne Cup, she's really put the exclamation mark on it. Uh, hasn't she? And the way she did it in such dominant fashion. And uh, what can you say about Chris Waller and J-Mac? Uh, Chris Waller, to get her right and to you know, get her to produce a performance like that on Melbourne Cup Day, extraordinary. And J-Mac's right. You won't get him any better than that. Like He just had her in the perfect position and coming to the home corner, uh, she was travelling and looked the winner. And yeah, about 300 out. It was pretty much all over. There wasn't much coming from the back and she let down the win well. And as a, a, a good mate of mine who's a pretty shrewd punter said to me, he didn't have her in the quaddy, and he said to me after the race, he goes, I've put horses like Pondus and Persan in the quaddy, and I've <laughs> left out very elegant. He goes, oh, I thought it's a wonderful thing, but it was one of those moments where you kind of thought, geez, what I'm, was I thinking? It, yeah. yeah, I've given a chance to all these ruffies, and I've left out very elegant who... Incentivise aside, you could argue was probably yeah. Well, it turned out obviously the best horse in the race, but even pre-race you could make that argument. But no, a great story and a great win. And uh, Melbourne, it was great to see Melbourne. Uh, the crowd, the weather, uh, certainly mm. felt like it was a bit of a coming out party for Melbourne on Absolutely. Saturday. I know it looked as if whoever wasn't there was certainly out at pubs and bars and whatnot celebrating. So uh, I think it was just a great day for. For racing and a great day for Melbourne. And the other thing that looks good is a pretty positive medical report. All 23 made it back to their stables, which has obviously been an issue in the past few years. But uh, all horses seem to get around safely. A couple of knots with incentivised and Charlie Rose, but the reports are that they seem to be okay. And, uh, you know, nothing like some of the tragedies we've had in recent years. So that is also probably the big winner out of the race uh, that all horses made it around safely. You know, I think it was a great advertisement for racing in general on Tuesday. The, the, the carnival rolls on this last day over the years has continued to get bigger and better and better again. And, and look, what a way to close the curtain. It looks a fantastic card of racing once again. Yeah, it certainly does. They've really nailed this. One of the, I, I was a bit iffy on it when they did it originally, but the swapping of the McKinnon and the Cantala, swapping the days, uh, moving the McKinnon from Derby Day to here, which is essentially what that race has become uh, and uh, the Cantala, obviously the old Honda, Nissan Stakes and whatever other name, I think it was the Ampile <laughs> once upon a time. Uh, that's moved back to, uh, that was a great race on Saturday and then you've obviously got a few of those horses backing up 
in the McKinnon on Saturday, uh, which which makes that a, a really good event uh, on Saturday. And we've obviously got the appearance of Nature Strip in the Darley Classic, which aside from that hasn't really drawn the strongest of fields. That's certainly one that that race in Sydney last week maybe has taken a little bit of a gloss off, but it'll be great to see Nature Strip down in Melbourne and down the straight on Saturday. We might just, we'll touch on that before we go into it. We're going to look at a couple of races on the card, but is it a put in, take out? Is it another one for Waller and McDonald here, Nature Strip? <laughs> You'd think so, but he tends to be at his most vulnerable when he's True. at these uh, short prices. I, I know there's a couple of punters that have got a bit of a theory that you back Nature Strip when he's over $3 and you don't touch him when he's under $3. I won't be touching him, but gee, looking at the race, it's very hard to see what beats him. It's not a it's not a strong field. Uh, you know, Streets of Avalon, Splintet, September Run, not sure where she's at. Uh, you know, the three-year-old Shaquiro and Rancher. And I mean, Waller's providing three of the, you know, nearly half the opposition to his own horse in Nature Strip. So mm. uh, you would think, all things being equal, he'll win and uh, be a bit of a coronation for him. Uh, you know, speaking of champion horses, what a, what a resume he's built up. So a couple of ex-Taran uh, Weir horses that have ended up with Chris Waller and certainly continued on their winning ways. But, yeah, I think barring him running well below his best, he should be winning on Saturday. But uh, sit and watch one, that one, and probably a probably a treble there on Saturday, isn't it? That's the first league of the quaddy. So uh, we get that one out of the way. At least we should know we get past the first league. Exactly. Famous last well, words. Famous last words. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Well, let's have a look at a few races you are keen to bet into. Uh, PuntingBaron.com.au, the place to go. So for all of the previews, you can subscribe today. But you picked out three here to, to preview our races one, five, and eight. We'll go in race book order. Race one, the Incognitus Recognition Trophy over the mile kicks us off. It's a benchmark 90. Yeah, initially looking at the race, uh, I was pretty keen to try and find one to beat Hosier uh, this former import now with Lloyd Williams, won all four starts in Australia very impressively. Uh, pretty much went through the race and got back to it and thought, gee, I don't think he's going to be beaten. Uh, they've bypassed the carnival with him. There's obviously, he's got a big rap on him, he's got a big boom on him. Uh, and I think a few people thought he was going to continue on and end up in the cups, but they've been patient with him, as can be uh, Lloyd's mantra at times. So I just think he finds a absolute winnable race here. He gets a lovely run on the map. He looks the clear leader. Uh, and just think with him rolling along out in front over the mile, I think he's going to be pretty hard to get past. So uh, a few of these, I think Mystery Shot, it'll come out as it's running on Thursday, um, Oaks Day. It's just the, the opposition looks doesn't look strong enough. And even though there's Lloyd Horse's first up I've become a victim of in the past, this horse I don't think we've seen the best of yet. He's not in a really overly exposed commodity. So if he's improved in the short break since that first Australian preparation, I think he should be dealing with these, uh, as I said, maps to get the right running front. Uh, you're getting around 250 to 270 in the early markets. I think that's fair. Keep an eye on the market. You may get a little bit better closer to race day. Uh, but, uh, you know, just keep an eye on that market. But I think 250 to 270 is a fair price. I think he's the one to beat. The one you can save of is on his Cena's Express. Now, we were on this horse at Caulfield on Cup Day, and at the 500, I was counting the cash. He was just absolutely trucking into the race, and then he got to the got to the front at the 300, just hit a brick wall. So 
they went very, very hard in that race, and he raced up on speed, and it really told over the final stages. He he really struggled and uh, fell back to run fourth. Drops back from the 1,700 to the 1,600 metres here. I think this race shape sets up a bit better for him. He's got a really good record at Flemington. A uh, bit of give in the ground, which should still be there on Saturday, should suit as well. So around the $10 mark at double-figure odds, I think you can afford to back hose here and have the saving bet on Cena's Express, and hopefully we're collecting in the first. That's your thoughts to the first. We'll go down to the fifth. This is uh, It isn't a Group 1, but uh, but another great race on this day. The Matriarch Stakes, the Tab Matriarch Stakes, over 2,000 metres, a Group 2 here for the Phillies and Mares. An interesting one, this. Yeah, it turned into a really good race over the years and often a target race for a lot of mares. And This is a, a 2,000-metre mares race that carries $300,000 in prize money. Don't come along very often. Gee, I'm still haunted last year from that Danny O'Brien horse. Oh, the name escapes me for the moment, but I followed her all the way through to the matriarch. She loomed up to hit the front and she just got run down on the post. I start to oh. see, I can't believe it's gone out of my mind. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I don't want to remember it. I know the, I know the exact horse. She went up to Queens. She went yes, up to Queensland and won two of the Magic Millions. I just, her name completely escapes me. But she learned to win. She looked home for all money. It's the only horse, I reckon, in the last 12 months. Ollie hasn't got over the line in a close finish at double-figure odds. So the horse owned in the same interest as her Star Rail, and uh, Star Rail's tracking along an almost identical preparation to that horse from last year. So Danny O'Brien's stable's been struggling a fair bit in recent times. There's been no secret made of that, but this mare's just continually kept coming along, uh, and everything falls into place for her on Saturday. She draws a perfect barrier for Damien Lane. She's going to get the gun run on speed. Uh, she chased home flying mascot at Mooney Valley last start who then come out and ran well in the Empire Rose. Uh, I think this is a very nice race for her and a double figure odds. Uh, she's going to give you a great sight star role. So we'll have something on her. Mimi's award has come back extremely well. Her first up run in that Sierra Leo Miss race at Sandown, which has been the hottest form race in the country, was very good. She then went to Caulfield in that race that Cena's Express was in that we just spoke about. Made up really good ground from the back of the field. Third up, a lot of these horses have... Maybe a few of these horses this race may have been a little bit of an afterthought for. Clearly it hasn't been with this mare. She comes into it third up. She's clearly been set for it. She'll be strong at the end of 2,000 metres, around the 9 to $10 mark. She should run well. And the horse that looks big overs in the race is down the bottom, number 14, Charm Star. Uh, she's coming back off running last in the Caulfield Cup, but her run the start before in the Metropolitan was very, very good. She should have finished a lot closer there. Uh, she is a pretty handy mare on her day. Karen McAvoy rides, nice middle gate. The surprise she went up around the 15 to $20 mark. Uh, I'm happy to have something on her. Nimalee, obviously, coming out of the Empire Rose, is going to be well fancy. Just... She's got to prove to me she can run two thousand strong two thousand. So with that in mind, uh, Star Rail, Mimi's Award, Charm Star, all at double figure odds, but I think they'll all give you a great sight. Okay, so that's your thoughts there on that one. Parody. Parody. I knew it started with P and Laley mm. was coming into mind. Parody, that was it. Um, mm. yes. There was uh, a few looks cast my way at the Lawn Hotel that afternoon when uh, I think it's 200 metre mark. There might have been a fair early crow. So. 
Anyway, we move on. Hopefully, Star Roll. Hopefully, Star Roll can uh, ease the pain twelve months later. Eh? Same ownership, by the looks of it. Same. Yeah. Players, same yeah. There's punters, we don't, we, we don't, we don't hold grudges, do we? We don't. Sort of, no, don't not forget. at all. And I'm ne- the other thing was, I never backed that horse in, and it went on and bloody won everything. That's right. That's, when, you, when you met up, that's what came up to the Gold Coast. Won everything through the summer, culminating in the Magic Millions, and yes, yeah. it was just far too. Yeah. Anyway, went on a good run from there. Anyway, as you yeah. said, that's in the past. Let's R L can. Uh, can Bob this weekend? What about the eighth then? It is uh, the Paramount McKinnon Stakes, two thousand metres at Group One at Weight for Age, two million dollars in prize money. Yeah, look, great race and quite intriguing with Zaki coming back off the setback, uh, having missed the Cox Plate with that elevated temperature. It's a real conundrum because if he runs up to some of those runs where he's produced those booming performances up in Queensland last, uh, you know, through the winter. He's probably close to an even money chance. My, my, just, the thing that's holding me back with Zaki is his two runs in Melbourne have been below the best that he's shown, uh, for whatever reason. I thought the, the win at Sandown in the small field was just fair. He then got in, they, Holmesman led the field up in the Caulfield stage, made it a real proper race and, Probabil and Nonconformist got into the race early on the corner and he, he was left wanting a little bit. So uh, this that little nagging doubt about him in Melbourne being able to show his best and obviously being off a setback, that holds me back tumbling in here. I think Colette can go on with it. She just, she's just airborne. I was really keen on her early in the preparation. I was really confident she'd win a good race this campaign. I... It ended up coming about not the way I thought it would because she ran well in the Maccabi Diva and the, uh, I think it was the, the Memzi at the start of her campaign. Mm. She looked like she was on track to be better over further. I think she was being set for the Caulfield Cup. I think the setback and injury that she had which made her miss the Caulfield Cup ended up being an absolute blessing in disguise because she definitely wouldn't have won the Caulfield Cup. I don't think she would have beaten incentivised. But since then... They're able to bring her back. She won that 1,400-metre race at Caulfield off the setback, and then she was awesome through the line on Saturday. She really attacked the line. She was given a great ride by Ollie, but her performance was excellent on a good track. She's going to get a softer track on Saturday, which just enhances her chances. She comes to the 2,000 metres, and she's probably one of the few horses in this race, when you look at it, a lot of these horses are quite deep into their preparation. She's the one, to me, that potentially still going up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she improved again off the run last Saturday. So at double the price of Zaki, I can really make a case that she can win again. She draws gate four for Damien Lane. She should hold a spot nice and close to the leaders. Uh, that bit of give in the track, uh, hoping, she'll be hoping that that rain uh, hangs around a little bit. There's a little bit forecast Friday and Saturday, but I think we'll still be in the soft range and you know, coming into the 30th, you know, deep into the 30th, uh, mid-30th race of the carnival, you'd think the track would be chopped up a little bit, which will also suit her. I just think she's flying. I think she's going to get the gun run. And as such, I'm happy to take Zaki on and back her again. So I think she can win race eight, number nine, Colette. Colette, all right. Best bet on the program is? Yeah, we'll start early. Uh, Hopefully uh, Uncle Lloyd can deliver in the first, and we'll go with race one, number five, Hosier. I think he'll be winning. 
All right, and for those, as I mentioned, subscription service, puntingbaron.com.au, jump on. Plenty of big racing coming up. Christmas time's always a good time with racing-wise. It's also probably you know, a subscription for uh, for any avid punter. It mightn't be the worst Christmas gift, a subscription to the Punting Baron. No, not at all, though. Some people might have thought it was a bad gift on Tuesday. We did have a great day, Melbourne Cup Day. But luckily, we redeemed ourselves with a big day at Kites on Wednesday, and uh, we'll be looking to finish the carnival strong on Saturday. But overall, it's been a really successful carnival. We've had some really good results. I think the Melbourne Cup Day was probably our first losing day for about six weeks over the carnival, so since um, since September. So it's been a really good run. Uh, and, yeah, if you want to finish the carnival on a high, jump on to punningbaron.com.au and jump on board. We're coming into summer, good tracks, uh, fast races, fast tracks, fast horses. So always a good time to back a winner. Um, plenty of subscriptions options. So, as I said, punningbaron.com.au to check it all out. Jump onto that website and find out what it's all about. Become a Baron today. Shane, as always, appreciate your time. Hopefully we've helped the punters find a few winners for this big final day of the carnival. No worries, James. Have a good weekend, mate. Cheers. You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. 